0: Welcome to the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us every week as we interview industry leaders and experts to uncover the ways they're finding sales success today. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. How's
1: everybody doing today, folks? I am so delighted you're back, in all honesty. So, I got, you know, I like asking this periodically. Where are you right now? Are you in the car? Are you in the shower? Are you running? Are you cycling, spinning? Are you on a long drive? I listen to all different places. I listen to podcasts on long drives. Love that. Drive goes by so fast. I listen to podcasts. Every night when I go to sleep. Well, and and I had to find the right podcast player. I'm not making this up, that because I'm cheap, so I didn't want to pay money for it. So right away they get sort of half the apps. And then I, I needed it so it could loop. So I could once it once that one episode is done, it would loop. That's the first thing I needed to do. So play it over and over again. And then I needed a timer. So for me, I have a four-hour timer. So when I put a podcast in, it plays for four hours and then silently disappears. So this way I hear, and I may listen to the same episode two or three nights in a row because you're hearing bits and pieces of it as you go. So clearly, I don't listen. Those podcasts are more entertaining. I listen to a lot of like space and astronomy and 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 what's going on. So those are the kind of those podcasts or science stuff. But during the day, I listen to a lot of sales and marketing podcasts and exercise or drives. So that's that's what I love. I just I literally just I uh, rushed back from a coffee shop to do this recording with today's guest. You're going to meet him shortly. He's a pretty cool cat. And and that's what I was doing. I was hammering up, you know, my daily to-do list. I was on social. I was on Slack. I was giving orders, not actually doing any work myself, right? That's that's the secret of a good C-level officer. You don't do work. You just tell people to do work. That's that's the epitome of your career. And we're going to get back to that in a second about career and, and that progression. Um, but again, I had a podcast on. And it was so funny because one of my... One of my team members sends me a message, and he says to me, I'm listening right now to the podcast you were on um, with Galen Mind, where it's about what's your legacy, which by the way, don't listen to it because they get really vulnerable. I might've got a little tender. It's completely against my brand. So do not listen to that unless you want to see the soft ooey gooey side of me. Um, Anyway, I'm rambling, right? The reason I ask this is I use that time, learning. You never stop learning, and what's amazing is the only way I could do that before when I was early on in my career because I've been around for a few years, as as you know, was I would go and buy audio cassettes. In the early days, we didn't have podcasts, so it's crazy how far we've come and in the, the ability we have to improve ourselves. With that said. I'm going to guess you're listening to that pod, to this podcast, because that's what brings you here. You want to learn from the best. You want to learn the mistakes to avoid. You want to learn actionable, pragmatic things you can apply to be better. So, today, we're going to do two things. We're going to explore ways you can get better. And I'm as keen as you are, I love this stuff. And I can always learn there's so many people innovating out there and just changing how you do in it. And we've seen that with the emergence of communities, right? The emergence of communities since COVID all hit, I mean, it was like poof, oh, they exploded, all these incredible communities. And what was amazing was how many previously existing communities that have been around for a decade or more really kind of missed that wave when it all exploded. So the communities today are truly reflecting how we work and learn and connect. It's not old school, to new school. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to, you know, because I promise you, you would learn not only about yourself and your career, but we're going to learn a little bit about one of the questions I'm getting a lot lately. And I've already answered this three times this morning uh, when I was at the coffee shop. I was catching up on LinkedIn messages. And I got asked this question three times, which, and I get this, I mean, so often I'm getting this, which is, okay, Daryl, we've been hearing you. We've been hearing you. You're on a crusade to stop the bots. You're on a crusade to stop these sequences where it's just blind targeting using generic templates. We have to personalize. You drop Sam McKenna's name a lot. Show me, you know me. There's other people out there who do the same thing about personalization and messaging. We hear you. So how do we personalize to speak to pain? That's the biggest thing. But I had a, a university professor down in the South reach out to me and say, can you speak to my class? about how sales reps can truly speak to the pain of their buyers to start a conversation. You're advocating this message, how do you do it? So there's a couple of things, right? It's like That's the most painful thing. Especially when you're young, you don't know what it's like to be someone like me or a senior executive elsewhere. So how you feel like a fraud. Like how can I possibly have a peer-to-peer conversation when there's decades between us and a lifetime of experiences that separates us? It's not that one is better than the other, It's just that our frame of reference, our knowledge, our starting points are completely different. So Daryl, help me out with that. Not being able to connect with them personally or do that pain is affecting my ability to start those conversations, which is why I love the templates, because apparently that makes that go away. But my conversion rates suck. Two things today, folks, pains and community. Who's the right person to talk about that? Well, you all, you know what you know the drill here by now. You've been listening forever. I go out with these inspirational ideas, and I find the right, the best, the smartest people. So I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you, and then I'll bring on the person. We talked about community and learning. Okay, how many of you today are members of SDR Nation? Seriously, you should be. I mean, I mean, just between you and I one of the co-founders is Canadian or that alone he should be part of it right come on I mean if you don't like it they're just going to say sorry to you SDR nation killer community a a byproduct of COVID and that whole kind of community 2.0 movement we're going to get that story the co-founder I'm talking about Charlie Locke Charlie welcome to the show my friend
0: hey Daryl how are you thanks for having me
1: I am well. I'm excited. Um, I love, I'm on your LinkedIn right now, helping SDRs nail their job (laughs) and get promoted with community advising CEOs and SDR leaders on how to design and execute an SMB sales process. Okay, kids, do you see that tagline? Okay. He's advising CEOs and SDR leaders. Okay, I would self-identify. He wants uh, he wants the people to get, so in other words, my sales reps to get promoted. And and I want them to get promoted too because if they're doing what's required to get promoted, then they're being successful, which means me as their sales leader is being promoted. And he's executing the SMB sales process. I mean, he's speaking to me. That is incredible. Tagline mm-hmm. 101 right there, Charlie. Um, talk to me. I tease the audience a little bit with the whole idea of using community to grow and develop so let, let's just go back a little bit what was the catalyst behind making sdr our nation what was the, the what's the backstory? and because i'm looking at your website right now i love the website I, i'm geeking out on, on on everything charlie's doing right here right now the marketer in me is geeking out and he's like oh if you, have, if you haven't been to the website go to the website He's like, learn copywriting, learn social media, learn outbound prospecting. I'm making this all up because I can't keep up. Learn cold calling. There we go. From the world's best coaches. And it's uh, Nation is where top talent comes to accelerate their careers and be surrounded by a world class community. Who doesn't want that? So I want to know what's the backstory, dude?
0: Yeah. Um, well, firstly, thing <laughs> off, thanks again for having me on. I'm I, you know, i I'm sorry that you are an Ottawa Senators fan. Um, just had to put that out <laughs> right there. Um, we're not going to talk about hockey today, though, even though we're two Canadians. We might have a couple of stories and uh, abouts maybe throughout the podcast. But uh, no, I really appreciate you having me on. And and uh, the backstory for STR Nation is, you know, myself, I've been 20 years in sales and uh, started back in 1999, cold calling off of Excel lists and touchstone phones. And didn't have any of the tools that are out there today. And, and you know, I have a degree in finance. Um, and, you know, like most folks that got into sales uh, at some point in their career or whatever, whenever they got involved in, they probably didn't have a degree in sales. And, you know, I, I just sort of accepted that and understood that throughout my whole career and, you know, was an individual contributor for 10 years. And then my last 10 years have been in more leadership positions um, at startups and big companies as well. And, um, you know, when I started to get into that sort of leadership role and really started to hire and do a ton of recruiting, you know, this problem started to really come to light, which is that most people, I would say 90% of the people that get involved start in sales have probably never sold before um, or probably have never really been trained properly around sales. And there isn't a sales degree that you can typically find, at least not up in here in Canada. We're starting to see it a lot more down in the US, which is fantastic. Um, And for that reason, you know, there's a big problem that starts to form where you have the SDR role, which is the second most in demand role in tech right now behind engineering. And you have uh, so you have this huge amount of demand on that side. And then from the supply side, you have a bunch of kids coming out of school that have probably never sold before or never been trained on sales. So maybe they have a marketing degree or a philosophy or economics or whatever it might be. And so you have this huge enablement gap, essentially. Um, and, and, and the success of that SDR really comes down to what kind of enablement you have in place at that organization, what kind of managers in place, perhaps that organization to train the reps. And and for that reason, there's just a lot of small budding tech companies right now that just don't have those things in place. So unless you're going to one of the big boys that have these universities um, or, you know, it's a lot of other companies right now are building these types of um, enablement teams. You're seeing a huge proliferation of enablement teams being a thing now because they're realizing the importance of this. But a lot of organizations just simply don't have that. So you have SDRs without any experience coming in and maybe working for a director of sales that's managing three AEs and an operations team and four SDRs and and trying to put their energies in the right place. And for no fault of that company or no fault of that manager, the SDR just isn't getting the training they need to succeed. And, you know, really what keeps me up at night is the fact that a lot of folks get into sales, try it out maybe for six or eight months, don't have a good experience because they were never really trained properly and they fail and they burn out or they get let go. And then they tried and they think sales is for them when really it could have been for them if they just had a better support, support net for their enablement. And so that's really what we wanted to create with SDR Nation.
1: You know, it's so true. One of the things that I hear a lot of SDR reps complain about is that they're not being developed. They're not being trained. Uh, they're being asked to do a lot of work that is, for lack of a, word, a better word, repetitive. So they mm-hmm. kind of feel like they're just, um, they're just trained monkeys, you know, push this part out of, of this email. Part of a factory, exactly. And so they're not allowed to flex their muscles. And they didn't know enough to ask at the start what the progression is from SDR to AE. So therefore, the company doesn't have a defined progression. Plan yeah. in place. And by the way, folks, when you're interviewing for an SDR job, uh, that should be one of your questions. What is the defi- you know what is the process? You know, for here at VanillaSoft, you go from an SDR one to about nine months to an SDR two. It could be later or sooner depending on your your accomplishments. From SDR two to then you're an AE one and then eventually an AE two. And we have timelines and we have compensation ranges and responsibilities all along the way, job descriptions, et cetera. So when I was hiring you, I could actually walk you through the process. And I could say, when you hit the following milestones, you will progress from here to there. Uh, that's a big deal. You should be asking that. Otherwise, to Charlie's point, you will find yourself kind of spinning your wheels and you will leave.
0: Um, Even better than that, you should be asking perhaps, can you can you walk me through a few SDRs that are now AEs and how they're doing? Um, that's really going to whether there's a defined path or not do they actually promote them you know tell me about a few sdrs that are now account executives at your company and and how they're performing
1: well since we're we're one-upping each other i'll go even one step further which <laughs> once, once you do what charlie says you then reach out to those sdrs who are now aes privately on linkedin connect with them and then ask Absolutely. to have a conversation about how that journey went and and this is the, this, the secret sauce here You look up the company profile for people who formerly were at that company, who in that role were no longer, and you reach out to them and you say, why did you leave? Because it's very easy for me to take one or two people as a hiring manager and say, these are my all-stars. Follow them. They're best in class. And they truly usually are but it's also, you need to understand why other people leave because not everybody can be an all-star. And you may find that they'll say, no, no, they were great. Everything they said was true. I just found a better opportunity. And that's the case. then great. But if you get a lot of warning signs, then, you know, buyer beware. So I love that. That's about being smart about the job. Okay. So then let's talk about community. I'm a big community guy, big community guy. Um, I'm in way too many of them in my notifications go off nonstop. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm late and late in replying to all the conversations. But tell me what's the biggest, let me, let me frame the conversation. This is what I see a lot. People who are wise enough to join the community, they know they need to do it. They do it, but then they don't invest time in it or they invest or they want to join the community, but they're looking at the fact that maybe it's, and I'm not saying this is you guys. 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 50 bucks a month. And they say, no, I don't want to do it. So even though they could double or triple their salary within a couple of years by doing that and applying those skills, they kind of go penny wise, pound poor. So to those people who are listening to this right now and go, oh yeah, I've been guilty of that. What's the best way to get the most value out out of a community like SDR nation or perhaps any other community that they're involved with now?
0: Yeah, I, um, I didn't learn this, I don't think, you know, until I was later on in my career, but, you know, folks really talk about, I heard it, you hear it a lot, right? Build your network, build your network, build your network. And I think what, so why we chose the community as the medium. So essentially what we're building is a school of sorts, you um, know, in, in a mentor network with a school. And we chose, but there's a di- bunch of different mediums to go about that, right? There's, and, and we're seeing a lot of these boot camps starting up right now, which I think are great. You know the pre hires or SV Academy or FlockJ, there's a bunch of those starting up, which are I think are fantastic, where it's a very structured course content that you've got to go through. Um, why we chose community was because for for me, it's the closest thing to what a physical school is actually like. And so when you think about it that way, as what it's most you know, most familiar towards something that we know that's physical, it's not only are you getting one to many content you know with events and webinars and things like that that you would you can get in a lot of different places right now Um, but similarly to what a school is like you come out of that classroom or that lecture and you debate the topics with your peers or you go into a tutorial or something you meet with a ta and you actually do a little workshop to dive deeper on the subject because right now the way a lot of reps are getting their their knowledge is, is from LinkedIn posts or things like that. And so they, they, they're looking for these silver bullets, but for the most, and what they get, then what they think they're getting are silver bullets. But for the most part, we all know that there's so much nuance to the business development or sales development role that you really just have to move into testing it and trying it and iterating on it and, 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 and collaborating with other people on how it's working. And so I think where the folks that um, are really getting a lot of value out of SDR nation right now are simply just meeting a lot of different people whether it's other sdrs that are selling to the same persona of them and just beating off ideas of like hey where do you get your list or where do you you know what kind of messaging are you are you using or what tools are you using perhaps to reach out to your customers what what channels are you going after are you using social email phone um, and so they're they're connecting with other like minded smart SDRs and um, collaborating with them. They're meeting with coaches, experts in sales development domains and getting to know them at a personal level and and, and, and being open with their their challenges and their fears and their struggles, and getting tactical coaching and, and so it's the folks that are yes, inside the community and leveraging the content that you can get into a one to many there respect, but you can get that in a lot of different places. I think what you get out of community is the opportunity to network with other people um, that are either going through the same challenges with you, um, that either have more knowledge than you do, um, but inherently what you get is a network and a, and, a, and a strong network that you can rely on for the rest of your career, hopefully.
1: I'm going to drill down on that because we never talked about this before. Um, now, this what I'm about to say is really relevant in the U.S., It's less relevant in Canada or the UK, and it's a cultural thing. It's all it is. In the U.S., though, you see see this over and over again, where uh, people handpick the university they want to go to because they can look and say, you know, the the alumni the graduates of that institution uh, ultimately do very well at senior levels of government or legal or business, uh, and they all know that... that, that, uh, the alumni support each other all the way up through the career ranks. And so it's not uncommon that they're not picking a school because of its academic, you know, integrity, which often is, is good. Nothing to do with it, but more so because of the strength of the alumni, because it's your network. All right. It's your network. Um, and and because if you're getting in now, if you're all SDRs, that means you all will become AEs, assuming you can stick with this as a career, and then you become, you know, team leads, then you become a sales manager or sales director, then you can be a VP of sales, and then you might be a CRO, and then you might be a CEO, right? And you're all doing over the next 10, 15, 20 years. And your success will often be tied to the fact that you can leverage that relationship of your peers, get funding, get new opportunities to better organizations, etc., and have a bigger, more uh, successful career. So the idea of the network is incredible, and no one ever talks about that. They talk about the content, which is killer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but to the point as well. The second point, uh, Charlie was talking about about I can lean on these people. I'll give an example. Literally this morning. It was just to say recently, uh, I was, uh, recently I was appointed, I was, I was informed that I was uh, named as uh, one of the top marketers by Chili Piper. Chili Piper's got this bracket they're, they're about to launch or the, by the time you've heard this, maybe we will, will launch 32 of the top marketers after they've solicited over 200,000 people reaching out to them or views or what have you, it was massive. And I made the list, yay me but it's a bracket 32 and it's like the NCAA and I'll be pitted against another marketer and everybody's going to vote, which is a popularity contest in the end. And it's <laughs> going to either ultimately be the biggest marketer. Okay. Full disclosure. I am not going to win. Just so you know that I, and I have no, I'll, vote for, expectations. You. I'll vote for you. You're, you're the best. <laughs> my whole goal is, is not to be number 32. That's my goal. If I could be number <laughs> 17 or 16, I will be absolutely average and excited. So what did I do? I have this marketing community I'm part of full of uh, what they call CMOs and emerging CMOs. Cause that's my background. It's called peak marketing. And I went there and I said, guys, this is what's happening. Let's brainstorm together on tactics. I can use to drive engagement and votes. Right. And we can try these tactics. We'll a B test them to see what works. And then you can take them back to your own demand generation efforts and try them there. So use me as your Guinea pig. That's the power of a community, you can lean on each other and get inspiration and ideas and tactics that you might not have thought about otherwise. You still have to implement them, but they're there to help you. And if it's successful, you're the one who gets the career accolades and success and pay raises. With that said, let's segue. We talked about community, talked about SDR Nation, talked about what you could do. You get, kind of get, you kind of get out what you put in. Um, talk the power of the network, not just the coaching and the training, but the network is incredible. So let's put it, to, let's put it to test, Charlie. I open up by saying one of the biggest questions that get asked a lot lately is I don't know how to personalize to connect with my with the senior buyers. I really don't know how to speak to pain. I don't know how to set pain up so that it becomes, you know, if I'm an aE and it ultimately gets to pricing and negotiation, that enough pain has been set that pricing and negotiation really isn't a big part of the process because they understand, you know the ROI. How do I if I'm an SDR and I get that person on the phone, how do I do it? What advice can you give us to be more successful in engaging, speaking to pain points, personalizing the message?
0: Awesome. I love, I mean, it's, I love this question. I, I love how hard it is uh, to be good at this. And, um, and fundamentally it comes down to a few different things that I want to talk about, but uh, the thing that you should be striving towards is really understanding why people buy and, If you break it down very simply, people buy for three reasons. The first is that they have some sort of current pain, something's broken right now that they need fixed. The second one is that they have some sort of fear, so some sort of future pain, something coming up in the future that they can foresee that they don't want to happen. The third reason is they they want some sort of gain, some sort of reward, some sort of vision of themselves in a better state. And so when you think of that, really there's current pain future pain and future gain now to give you an example of that a very simple example let's just say you're buying a pack of gum right you're buying a pack of gum for three reasons only the first one is that you got bad breath that's a current pain you're about to meet someone and you haven't brushed your teeth or whatever and you've got bad breath and you like you do not want that bad breath you're probably going to pay five dollars for that pack of gum the second one would be that you are maybe going on a date later on and you know you're going to an Italian restaurant and you're maybe going to eat some garlicky food and there might be an opportunity where you might kiss your partner at the end of that date. And in that case, you might have some fear of that pain in the future. And so you're going to buy a pack of gum to just have that on guard to make sure that you have a pack of gum in case that comes up. Or the third one is that you're just at the counter and you see the grapefruit flavor that you love. And oh my God, the grapefruit flavor is back out. I didn't know that. I I love that flavor. I'm going to buy that pack of gum. Everything you buy in your life is literally whittled down to one of those three reasons. Now, gain is really where B2C thrives. Gain is where people sell clothes, cars, things like that. And and they really hit on visualize yourself in that future state on the B2B side, it's really on the pain side where B2B deals happen. And for the reason being is that usually there's some sort of decision maker or someone who's holding the purse strings or what have you that um, essentially is going to ask, well, how's this going to help our business? Like, why are we fixing this problem? Can't you just do it another way? Like, why are we spending money on this? Really? What is going to do for us? And so unless you can really identify that pain, uh, you're, you probably don't have a deal. So what I tell... Everyone, whether it's in very early in the process or later on, you should have a pain headline for every one of your deals. And so, when I sit down with a rep, sometimes and, I, and they're walking through a deal, I'm not asking how is this deal going to get signed. I mean, obviously, if you know we're talking about the decision process, I might. But it, you know, more so, I'm I'm asking them, well, why are they doing this? Why are they going to buy? Do you understand the pain and what's the headline to this deal? And that headline should be something hopefully personal, should have some financial pain behind it, and then should have some technical pain behind it as well. And so I wanted to give you that sort of layout. Now, let me give it a little bit more at a tactical level. Um, Fundamentally, one of the things that we skip over quite a bit when training SDRs or training sales reps in general is we train them a lot on our product and our solutions. And so what that means is we're naturally inclined when you go out and reach out to your customers that you want to tell them what you do and how you solve problems and, and, and what solutions you have and the cool features you have. The fact of the matter is people don't wake up in the morning wondering if they could get some, oh, I, I need some integration software for in between Excel and you know my uh, marketing automation system. Like that's, even though that might be what your product does, they're not waking up thinking that they need that solution. They're waking up thinking, I've got to spend two hours inputting data into my marketing automation system. And I and that's going to suck because that's going to take me away from coaching with my reps. Uh, it's going to take me away from getting home in time to be with my family. And I'm not looking forward to having to do that. That's a thing I'd have to do every, every week, for example. And that's the slight difference between solution, like pitching with solutions versus <laughs> pitching pain, um, is that we're trying to hit on that thing that's, really annoying for someone or is really bothering them that your product actually helps them solve. And so we tend not, we tend to skip over that. We tend to skip over truly understanding personas and their challenges. And I think you would understand that as a marketer, but for whatever reason we don't train reps on that. And that's where, you know, we, that's where the pain is. And that's where if if you really dig into what the life of that persona of that prospect is like on a day-to-day basis and the pain that they have to go through and you really understand that then everything gets easier from a messaging perspective
1: so let me let me spin what charlie just said because what charlie just said was a thousand and three thousand and three look it up folks a thousand and three percent correct on a scale of zero to 100 just so we're clear on that um and the reason so why don't you do that now That's the question right why don't you do that now well you don't do that now because there's fear or uncertainty around the pain that a buyer might have because you don't know the buyer so what do you do you try to create control and you fall back to where there's less uncertainty which is your solution you know your solution you know the tagline so you lead with features and functions yeah and that's and charlie gave you the answer he said And that's why you got to study the persona that's what he said he said it with way more charisma than i just did Hmm. that's why you got to study the persona right so if you don't know the persona or you got a really bad persona a lot of organizations charlie said it they don't do a great job on this then go call your install base and call those personas Call a whole bunch of heads of marketing. For example, when I'm selling vanilla soft. I, I, I've shared this before. I'm going to talk to a head of ops, rev ops. Going to talk to the head of marketing and to talk to the head of sales. I might talk to a CEO or a CFO, so the economic side, and I might talk to an IT, you know, security person. Those are the five people that would have typical stake in an or, in a purchase of vanilla soft. I'm going to call all the heads of marketing of my clients, not all, but a whole bunch of them and get a real understanding of where they live. I'm not asking them, hey, do you like our product? How was that? And how has it changed your career? That's that's the last thing you would ask. You say, what challenges are you facing every day? What, what, what keeps you up at night? What, what does your CEO measure you for? What, what frustrates you about your team? You know, that kind of stuff. What are the challenges? Is it budget? Is it something else? You're trying to get in ahead of them. So you can get this on your own if your company doesn't have the personas. The next thing I would say to you is... Too many of you have done this, but you get too high level. So you talk about pain. Oh, Daryl, as a CRO, you need to hit a a big-ass number. Are you you on track to hit your number this year? Well, you know what? 365 days is a long time, and I'm not worried about hitting my number this year. Yes, I will, or maybe I won't, or whatever. You know, talk to me on December 31st. Then I may be worried about that. In the meantime, you know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about, you know immediate painful things why do we not have enough activity why uh, are the people or why are my reps not following the sales process why are they not updating their pipeline on a regular basis because it's impacting my ability to forecast accurately and manage expectations with the executive team and with the board that's a real pain for me right now i was just in an executive meeting and they hammered me on my pipeline that's yeah. real that's now so the the element of their pain is is, is compounded on the recency of their pain, right? So if you came to me and said, are you tired of your reps you know, sucking at their ability to forecast when deals will close? And is that affecting your ability to, to give guidance to the executive team? I might have a solution for you. It's worth for some of my people. I'm willing to share you. It only takes 10 minutes. You can bail whenever you want to. And if not, hey, I wish you luck. Okay, you got my attention. I'll give you 10 minutes. You can make this pain a little less painful. So the recency persona, huge, 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 huge. So your takeaway, folks, is to go and study your personas, and if you don't have them, go and call your customers.
0: Yeah, Be- and uh, Be- I mean, I would even say so. I'm just on your website right now on VanillaSoft website, and we're I'm launching
1: a new at- website imminently. Just so you know, so don't beat me up on that. But go ahead.
0: I love it. It's a great website. Um, but uh, you know, when I, so I, where I go right away is your testimonials, right? or your case studies. Most of, you know, most of you out there, you probably have a few of these hanging around, hopefully case studies, testimonials. And if they're done well, ultimately what they should be describing is here was my life before. And here's what the things I was doing. And here's why my life sucked. Then came in vanilla soft. And here's why my life's better. And if you went to your you know so go to your own case studies your own testimonials talk to your product marketing manager if you have someone like that they probably have personas built out that you can leverage and start to build off of that but if you just go to your testimonials and maybe even have the gumption to reach out to those customers that did the testimonials for you if it's not clear in there and ask them what were you doing before vanilla soft tell me about your day tell me about your life tell me about why that sucked why wasn't it good enough for it? like what what was going on in that day and not just well, you know, I couldn't get this technical thing done that vanilla soft not uh, helps me solve. Who cares? Why does that technical thing matter? Like, what was that process issue, workflow issue, data visibility issue, whatever it was? How did that impact you personally? Well, I was having to spend time going back through all the leads and making sure they were all clean. I was having to outsource this to those, costing me too much money or something. Cool. And once you understand that personal pain of how it actually impact that person's life, and you can actually talk about that like a story. And then maybe you see a few of those patterns cropping up against, you know, across some of your customers. That's the thing you come out with. I know it's scary. You're right, Daryl. It's scary because you're coming out perhaps in a cold call rather than saying, Hey, it's Charlie calling minus I have 35 seconds of your time. Great. The reason I'm calling is that we have this great solution, blah, 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 blah. No one really cares. You could, you know, that's a safe play because you're, pitching something that might work, you know, that you know that they, they, they're going to want some piece of that maybe versus coming up with a very specific pain that they might not have. That's a scary move, right? To, to come out and say, hey, the reason why I'm calling is that I work with, you know, VPs of sales every day. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges for them is that they have to spend three hours every day, um, you know, massaging all their leads or having some process around that. And for them, that takes them away from being able to coach the reps and help them hit their number. How about you? Can you tell me a bit how, a little bit more about how you're massaging your lead data, for example, Um, and that might be your thought-compelling question. And listen, we're coming out with a a pretty strong opinion here of why, what pain you might have. And some people might say, you know what, I don't have that problem. But the fact that you're even, but then you, then you have to have the art to be able to pivot to maybe a couple different branches. Say, okay, well, do you have this problem? Like, because other VPs I talked to, they have this problem. But you'll find that you're going to get into much more engaging conversations because you're actually speaking in a way that's trying to solve their problems, and you're coming out with, "Hey, I hear this a lot. Do you have this problem too?" So it's in your it's in your information, it's in your testimonials, it's in your case studies, and uh, it's in your customers' minds.
1: So I'm going to go with two more points: one to build on what Charlie just said, and one to show an application of what Charlie just said. So one, he talked about you know what it was like before. And then kind of, you know, and how is that affecting you and the pains you're experiencing and what's life like now after, you know, your solution has been implemented and deployed and matured and adopted. And he's right. There's one more thing to ask when you're there. And then I'm going to get to why that's important. You're going to say, okay, well, this is your life before. Okay. And the next question is going to be, how did you try to solve that problem? Oh, first we did A, then we did B, then we did C, but ultimately it was vanilla soft as an example that solved it for us okay so a and b, why didn't a work why didn't b work why didn't C work this is why blah, blah, blah. okay so that's just one extra step why because now when you're talking to people and you do exactly what charlie just said there's two things you can do one when they say you know you open up with you know do you have this pain you know we're seeing a lot of our client clients today before they implemented us they've experiencing this pain they may or may not react to that that's okay because then you can say, well, was, you know, as an adjunct to that, to try to fix that, they actually tried to solve it before they got us by doing A and then B and then C. Have you tried to do A or B or C? So it's just another way to connect and get them talking. So that's the application. It, it's just another way. Because not everybody thinks the same way. You say tomato. I say tomato. So if you say tomato, I'm not sure what you're talking about. But if you just said tomato, oh, I, I'm, I'm your best friend, right? So it's just different ways to get to the same pain. The second reason you do what we just, tra- uh, Charlie just said about going to the personas, and he, he mentioned this. He mentioned it in passing. We're going to come back to it. It's the storytelling. So if he says, yeah, we have that pain and you say, tell me more. And they do, they say, well, it's this and this and this, then you can say, well, that's really interesting because I was just talking to Mary Smith over, you know, Acme Inc. I don't know if you know Mary, she's the head of sales. They're about, you know, 500 employees and, you know, 50 million in revenue. Anyway, at the time she was sharing with me, blah, 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 blah. If you want, I can hook you up with Mary. Even if you do nothing here, maybe just you can learn from a peer. Would that be of interest to you at all? In fact, you know what? If you want to, I can send you a case study on um, Mary. And then if you want to reach out to her, you want to talk more about what you want. If you want to see what they've done, I can actually give you, I, I, I can probably get permission to show you a little bit of, of, of where they're at today. You know, I, as a buyer, want to learn from my peers who have gone before me because I want to avoid the mistakes that they made so I can get there faster. So that storytelling is so powerful when you're selling. That's one of the reasons why we've had the most success is hiring SDRs or AEs from the verticals that we sell into because they themselves can tell stories about when I was in your situation, this is what we did. They already have, they know the persona because they were the persona. But if you're brand new, you don't have that experience. And therefore, this is the way to go. Anyway, Charlie, you're a rock star. I don't know if I've told you that so far. Um, For Canadian, you're not you're 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 not so bad. Um, he's a ha- he's a Habs fan. For those who're not sure, that means he's a fan of Montreal Canadiens, and uh, therefore we know he's a bit of a. I mean, if I recall, there was something about being in a finals last year and then choking. Does that sound about right? Did I cut that right? There choking was that the right word?
0: I don't. I don't know. This podcast is fading away. I don't. I don't. I can't hear you, <laughs> <I don't. laughs>
1: folks. That's Charlie Locke. Check it out on uh, LinkedIn. It's, uh, it's pretty straightforward. LinkedIn.com slash in slash Charlie lock. That's L-O-C-K-E. Don't forget the E. But more importantly, SDR Nation. Charlie, thank you for your time today, folks. It's about learning. It's about knowing what you need to know to speak to pain or gain. And there's a third one there that says mind. But just back up the podcast. You'll find it. That's it. That's all you need to know. We're done. Another week in the can. We'll see you next week, folks. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, we would greatly appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review on the platform you're listening to the show from today. Also, please feel free to share this program with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Daryl will be back again next week.